What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Richards, and welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. Coming at you live on Facebook, we've got a few people in here, um, and uh, we're going to talk some sports. There's a lot that's happened since last week. There's been a lot of uh, personal events in my life that have taken place and, and uh, some other things, so let's just go for it, man. I'll try to respond to the comments as they come in. Um, but yeah, let's do this thing. So since we talked last time, you know, my my pet cat George had an accident where he jumped and up into a shelf and got a hold of some medicine, and I had to take him in to flush his system. Basically, cost us a pretty penny. Not gonna lie, um, that cat is an expensive cat now. Um, we've been giving him medication, which is not fun. It's like a certain type of medication you have to give via syringe. Um, but he's, he hates it. And I hate giving it to him because he hates it. But uh, beyond that, we're glad that he's alive and we can continue to, to pet him and snuggle with him. Uh, and that he, that is the reason why I was so unprepared last week, which I have to apologize for. I went back and watched and listened to some of it and it was so bad. Uh, just I wasn't prepared. I didn't have enough notes to talk about anything. I just skimmed over things and then ended up freestyling so much that it seemed like I didn't care. But I promise I do care, and today I'm going to show that to you. I mean, if, can you tell in my inflection? Can you tell in my volume? I am, I'm extra excited today because I have a lot to talk about. But I did mention last week that uh, this Saturday, this last Saturday, I had a, a golf tournament I was going to go to. Um, it was a, a fundraising golf tournament for the University of Idaho Alumni Association. Basically, the whole thing is about raising scholarship money for students who wouldn't otherwise be able to go to school. Um, but yeah, that, that vlog that I was gonna do for it turned out I it was a flop. I couldn't, it was really hard to stay on track with that because when I got there and I wasn't golfing, you know, I was just walking around collecting all the free stuff and uh, grabbing my drinks and my snacks and, and talking to all the people there because there were a lot of vandals there. Um, a lot of friends and family too, so that made it a lot, a lot of fun. So at the beginning, I had some chance to take some like introductory footage of the golf tournament, but beyond that, I was not able to get anything else. Like I took some videos of, of a couple of us teeing off the tee boxes, and I had some ideas of what I was going to do with this thing, but it, I just it was really hard to do it because you have to you know be ready to golf, otherwise people get impatient. So I wasn't going to be that guy. So. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> There's no vlog, but one day I will do it. When I go with somebody who's patient with me um, and is willing to take a little bit of extra time on the golf course, I'll make it happen. Um, but yeah, so there's that. <laughs> uh, but then Sunday was Father's Day. Shout out to all the dads out there uh, and those who play the role of being a father. I got to golf with my dad that weekend on that Saturday, so that was pretty awesome. And we might be going again this weekend. So. Uh, if I have time, it's a pretty busy weekend. We got some got some of our good friends are moving back to town. We've got to help them move into their new their apartment. Um, one of those two people is a big sports person, and he may be getting involved in the podcast. We had some great conversations last time he visited, so we'll see what happens there. I'll see if I can't convince him. Um, but on another note, uh, yesterday my wife Kelly and I celebrated our two year anniversary. Um, Love her to death. I don't know what else to say. It's just crazy that it's already been two years, you know. Um, I feel like the wedding and the bachelor party before the wedding happened just yesterday. Um, and like I mentioned to people, like, yeah, it's our two-year anniversary. And they're like, what? Two years? And I'm like, yeah, it has been two years. I know, right? So 
pretty excited about that. I can't wait to spend every other year with her. So, uh, love you, babe. So there's that. <laughs> but then also, I did get t-shirts ordered. I got t-shirts ordered. And it took me forever because there's a, a local t-shirt shop here in town. And I was like, you know, I want to stay local. Or, you know, somebody I know have them do it. And so I reached out to this, these one people via their contact form on their website. And I know that they moved somewhat recently. So I'm like, you know, that's probably the best way to get a hold of them. I could have called them. But I sent them an email with all my estimates. And I waited a few days and I got nothing back. Usually they send something back within a day if they're paying attention. So since they didn't, I was kind of upset. I was just like, you know what? Maybe they don't deserve my business because now I can't even remember the type of shirt that I had ordered. And so I'm like, I'll just order through somebody else. That's just going to be a pain in the butt. Plus their website wasn't all that friendly. So my coworker, AJ, I've talked about him several times on this podcast. He, he runs the blog called Dapper Sports. He has a, an uncle who um, runs a t-shirt shop out of Salt Lake City. And, you know, I'm, I'm there quite a bit, you know, a few times a year. Um, and, you know, since he's somebody that's close to somebody I know and somebody who might be also be getting t-shirts through him, I was like, you know what? I'll give him a shot. So I checked him out. I ordered the shirt. So um, we've got um, whoever, however many uh, votes we had on the t-shirt giveaway and whatever sizes they put down. Um, no, that's not true. I put down a bunch of sizes for people I'm going to be giving shirts to. Um, I ordered 12 shirts and I'm going to probably put up a shop page for people to buy the extras. Um, but I will be using some of them as a marketing tool where I'm going to reach out to this one blog, this other blog that um, has either written for me or I've written for them or I've met, made a contact with them and I'm going to send it to them and be like, hey, I'm going to send you a free t-shirt. Just take a picture of yourself wearing it and put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram. Uh, it'll be a nice little marketing tool and then they can just give a little blurb like, check out Abstract Sports. They're bringing sports back to life. And then people are going to start coming over and you know, it's just a simple word of mouth marketing strategy. But um, I'm excited to get those shirts because then every day you're going to see me wearing it. Oh, sorry. I just smacked the Facebook mic. Um, you're going to see me wearing it on the podcast. So I might have to like dip the camera down so so you can get, get the shirt. <laughs> no, I won't do that. But uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'll be wearing it out around town and people are going to be like, what's well, abstract sports? And be like, well, we're bringing sports back to life. And it's going to be great. <laughs> Uh, so look forward to that. And then that, that means uh, the person who won the last t-shirt, Micah, he can get his. So uh, congrats to him once again. Well, I think we're good to go with all the other content. So let's just dive right in. We're going to start with some of the more boring stuff. Um, actually, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not boring. I take that back. We're going to cut this section out because it's not the least important. It's probably, it's up there. It's a good transition into the weekly question, if that helps at all. So I'm going to put it down there. There it is. All right. So we're going to start with the NFL. There has literally been no news in the NFL. Want to know why? Want to know how I know there's no news in the NFL? Well, I went to NFL.com, you know, where they have news and stuff about the NFL. And I'm just going through, like, their articles and their headlines and stuff. And this one stuck, stuck out just because it's so weird. It says, and it, I mean, if you don't know football, it might be kind of hard to understand, but it says AP to seafood. I wish I knew how to quit you. And that's Adrian Peterson talking about seafood. He, he wishes he knew, he knew how to quit seafood. And then the, the leader that goes into the article says, Adrian Peterson has an unrequited love of shellfish. 
The new Saints running back loves seafood, but his body is not on the same page. Now in New Orleans, the temptation to indulge is even greater. Read more. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to read more. I'm just going to lump that into what it, what the news is in the NFL this week. Um, that may be me being ignorant because I don't follow the NFL nearly as much as the NBA, but there is a lot more stuff going on in the NBA. Uh, one other news in the NFL, though, one other bit of news in the NFL, uh, Derek Carr, quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, is expected to sign one of the biggest contracts in NFL history. Um, he put out on his Twitter, he said, you're going to hear it here first, trust me. So if you want to find out if you made a deal and what that deal is, go find him on Twitter, Derek Carr. Uh, but that's all I got for the NFL. There really hasn't been enough news in, in that area. Uh, one thing I am looking forward to next season, there's a few match matchups I've mentioned before, but I'm excited to see some of the new arenas. Like the Vikings got a new arena. I guess I don't know if that was last year or if that's happening this year, but the Falcons' new one, the Mercedes-Benz Arena, that's looking cool as hell. So I can't wait to see some of the videography that goes around that um, and some of the you know, like specials on the on the facilities. So, and that's me being an architecture nerd. So, just ignore me there. <laughs> but the bulk of our news today comes via the NBA grapevine. So, <clears throat> the NBA draft is tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I don't even know what channel it's on. So, sorry. <laughs> um, let's see if there's anything here doesn't say what channel but basically the the NBA draft is similar to the NBA trade deadline where there's a lot of frenzy around um, potential trades that are gonna happen or who's gonna go where and all this stuff and basically social media goes goes wild so I'm just gonna kinda cover some of the things that have happened some things that are expected to happen and then a lot of the rumors that are going around um, so to start I've got a big tab open with all the trades and stuff that have actually happened. Uh, and I'll start from an order, you know, chronological order. So the first thing that happened on June, June 19th, the Sixers and Celtics swapped top three picks. So uh, initially the Celtics had number one pick, Sixers had number three, and they just swapped those. Um, well, that's not true. The Celtics gave them the number one pick for the number three overall pick plus the 2018 Lakers first round pick if number two to five, otherwise the Sacramento Kings 2019 first round pick or the Sixers 2019 first round pick. Long story short, the Celtics have like the first, like first round picks for teams. They have like eight first round picks over the next two or three years up to like 2019. That's crazy. They're like, it makes me wonder how they're going to deal with their roster, you know, because they're bringing in such high players um, they're going to have to try to get rid of somebody if they want to bring in a draft pick. But the, I guess the other side to it is that they will just trade those picks for veteran players who can help them combat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so some interesting things there to look, um, you know, it, can, it could impact the next three years of the Eastern Conference. Um, and then one of the other things that happened uh, just yesterday, the Lakers traded uh, D'Angelo Russell to the Nets. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Mozgov, so two of their starting players, and they got uh, Brooke Lopez from the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and they also got the 2017 number 27 overall pick. So the Nets first round pick and Brooke Lopez. So they're getting a starting center back, which is 
very good. I mean, all the Lakers teams I've ever known have had a big guy that dominates. And I think somebody like Brooke Lopez could be really good for that spot. Timothy Mozgov, he was okay, but Brooke Lopez, he, he's had a couple breakout years the last couple years, so I'm excited to see what he can do for the Lakers if he ends up staying there. I mean, it's he could still be on the move. You never know with the way the draft goes and trades and all that stuff in the offseason. Um, but then it kind of makes you wonder, like, who are they going to get for the 27th pick in the first round? They have the number two pick already, um, and, you know, it, a lot. There's a lot of talk about them picking up Lonzo Ball, which, you know, I, I'm I'm for that. I think he's a good player, and you don't want to pass up on a guy like that who's very passionate about wanting to play for LA. Um, I mean, he does have the baggage of his dad, Lavar Ball, being kind of a jerk and stuff. But obviously, when you start playing basketball, that's your life. It's not his. So I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing thing to think about because they just got rid of D'Angelo Russell. Lonzo Ball can just go right in there and take it take his spot. Or, or the Lakers could trade their number two pick and pick up Paul George. So trade it to the Pacers for Paul George, and maybe they're gonna have to give somebody else over too for Paul George. He's a superstar, man. Uh, but just to let you know what the Lakers are gonna be missing out on without D'Angelo Russell, um, according to Basketball Reference on Twitter, it's at uh, bball underscore ref. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is averaging 18 points and five assists per 36 minutes played. Uh, and here's everyone since the 1983 draft to do that in years one to two, so rookie and sophomore years, with a minimum of 2,000 minutes played. So people who have played as much as D'Angelo Russell and put up 18 points, five assists, here are those people in order. Nikola Jokic, who's in the NBA right now. D'Angelo Russell, he's right at 18 and five, uh, which that's why the, the stat is 18 and five. Then you have Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Stephen Curry, Tyreek Evans, Derrick Rose, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade. Those are some pretty good names, especially of the of this era to be included in. And I mean, he's you know very young. I think he's only played two years. So the Lakers are missing out on a point guard like that who has a little bit of experience, but not a lot of winning experience. And you know, if they bring in Lonzo Ball, it's kind of hard to say whether or not he's going to be a help there. But he's definitely a leader. Um, I mean, compared to D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell is kind of a, a lazy leader. I think I said that last time in the podcast. Um, so I, I think Lonzo Ball coming in, he can kind of shake things up and light a fire under some of these players. I mean, they're a pretty young team, but none of them, none of them seem to want it very badly. So maybe you can change that for him. Um, but then again, the Lakers are still trying to acquire Paul George, and there have been talks they might trade Lonzo Ball for him, like I said. Um, and as a Lakers fan, I think it's a good idea. You know, Paul George is a superstar, can turn a team around in no time. Um, he's going to get them wins with no problem uh, compared to what they've done in the last few years. Um, but he also has that veteran leadership, and I think it all comes down to leadership. If you're going to be a winning team, you have to have somebody who has experience. You have to have somebody who's... Uh, who has that will to win? Um, you know, people. A lot of players on the Lakers just didn't have that, and so I think somebody like Paul George would be a great fit for LA. And that's, I hope it happens. I mean, they they haven't necessarily made any moves on that yet, but they are in talks with the Pacers to get him over there. Um, it's and honestly, in a perfect world, as a Lakers fan, maybe they can work something out that allows them to keep Paul George and Lonzo Ball. I think that would have, that would mean getting rid of Julius Randle, 
and uh, some other players on their squad, Jordan Clarkson, they're going to have to do something to get all that firepower on their team. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I talked a lot about the Lakers just now. But then again, the Lakers have been the main team <laughs> that's been talked about in the NBA draft and trade talks and stuff. So there you go. Um, some other news that have been going on in, in trade world. Uh, there were talks that the Cavs were interested in acquiring Paul George as well. Um, hey, Dad, thanks for sharing the podcast. appreciate it. Uh, ha, three others shared my video. So... Oh, I think two of those are me, one was Gary, one was you. Got it. Anyways, there were talks that the Cavs were interested in acquiring Paul George a couple days ago, uh, but then David Griffin, their uh, GM, walked away. And right when that happened, that's pretty much when those talks stopped. So they may not be pursuing him anymore, but they have been talking about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler expressed interest in joining Cleveland, but then he came out today and he's like, nah, I'm just kidding, or it might have been yesterday. He's like, no, I want to stay in Chicago. So he'll probably stay there. Um, but with the GM of the Cavs walking away, you know, he's walking away from one of the best teams in the NBA, the second best if you're looking at the their finishing spot. Makes for some interesting stories in the offseason because that's going to shake up their lineup just a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it could be for the good for the Cavs. It could also be for the bad. Um, but apparently the owner of the Cavs, is, he's kind of a uh, – He's not the greatest guy to work with, and that's, I think that's why Jimmy Butler was talked out of going to Cleveland. But, I don't know, with LeBron in there, I think he has a lot of sway in, in what they do as a team. So it'll be interesting to follow that one as the offseason goes on. Uh, Brad on Facebook says, I heard a rumor that Love might get traded. Yeah, that's what I heard too, and I think it was going to be a trade involving Kevin Love and Jimmy Butler. And I don't know. I think the Cavs should just stick with what they've got. They've got a really good chemistry going right now with LeBron, uh, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, J.R. Smith, you know, Tristan Thompson. Those guys, they're, they all are all very much a cohesive unit, a lot like the Warriors are in the sense that they, they know each other, they joke around, they're having fun when they play, but they also are serious about what they do. Um, and they also have all those crazy custom handshakes that they made for each other. <laughs> Who... You can't just like get rid of Kevin Love because then you'd see him before pregame playing against the other team and want to give him your, your special handshake, but you can't anymore because, I mean, you should. They probably wouldn't. Um, but uh, in other news, besides NBA draft happening tomorrow, there is the NBA awards show going on on Monday, June 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I know I want to watch that, and I hope to get a prediction article out talking about who I think is going to get each one based on the candidates. Um, and maybe that would be a fun thing to like live react to, you know, just to – it could be interesting. But uh, I plan to watch that Monday night, so stay tuned on the social medias, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or maybe not Instagram, but Snapchat. Um, I'll put some news out on there. Oh, I almost spilled my water. That would have been bad news. Uh, so moving on, we'll go into the MLB. There's really not a ton of ton of stuff going on in the MLB lately. There's been one story that kind of kind of made me mad. Now, you know, I'm not like a a Tebow lifer. I'm not like a super duper team, Tim Tebow fan, but I have talked about him a little bit. Um, Chantel, how's it going? Uh, she says, "Are you related to Gary?" And I say, "Yes, I am. <laughs> He's my oldest brother." Uh, welcome to my my sports podcast. This is something I do every Wednesday, 
starting at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Um, this is episode 16. I've talked about a lot of sports, and it's just a good way to stay up on current events if you're a sports person. Um, but anyways, uh, one story that pissed me off a little bit was Tim Tebow. He kind of took an, an – if you read the title of, the, of this uh, live stream as well, you know that we're talking about um, – we're talking about sportsmanship, and so it's if I, a lot of the stories I'm talking about today have to do with sportsmanship, which I didn't actually plan out; it just kind of happened. Um, well, hey Chantel, yeah, thanks for staying staying tuned. <laughs> um, but anyways, Tim Tebow took an unsportsmanlike bashing from an opposing team's fans and and employees in a recent game. Um, let me bring up some of the details here. It's ridiculous, man. So. Basically, what was going on? the The team they were playing against they were they were called the Charleston River Dogs. Um, they ended up beating the uh, Tim Tebow and the Columbia Fireflies two out of three games over the weekend in front of their home crowd. You think that'd be enough? But you know, I'm reading this article from the Wild Card, and they just basically mercilessly, mercilessly mocked Tim Tebow in a number like total ton of different ways. I'm trying not to quote their article word for word because I feel like that's not okay. Go to thewildcard.com. They are a good sports outlet. Um, except for the fact that a lot of their articles, when they put them out on Facebook, are very clickbaity. And I don't like clickbaity. It's like I go through my feed and I see ESPN and Sports Center put out the thing, and then they come by after them, and they're like, they give you the same headline, but it's way more clickbaity. And it's like, okay, I know I'm going to find ESPN on here and it'll be better. Um, but one way that they mocked Tim Tebow, and this is, you know, it, they thought it was just friendly, you know, friendly competition and, and, and friendly mocking, but it's it went a little bit too far. Like the team's mascot apparently was doing the, the Tebow, you know, where he kneels down like he's praying. And he had the Bible verses on his eye black, you know, John 3.16. And this is the mascot doing these things. So it's like he's acting for this team. Um, and... Uh, it's, I don't know. Let's see. There's a picture of him on Twitter, the of the of the mascot with his eye black, and it says, "I've caught the Tebow fever." And it just kind of goes on. Like, even their marketing team, the people running the, their scoreboard, they would they were putting up the you know they put up the players' pictures of the person who's up to bat, and it says, you know, it doesn't even say who's batting. It just says, "Not Tim Tebow." So it's like totally disrespectful to the player that they're not give, putting their name up on the board. And this is supposed to be a semi-pro baseball team or you know a team uh, that professional teams pull from to go to the big leagues. It's like you got to put the guy's name up on the board. People are scouting. It. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways that they messed up on that night. Like, How did they ever think that was okay? I mean, I'm sure there was just a miscommunication. Like they had this idea and they're like, we're just going to do it. Boss will like it. And it's like, yeah, you blew it. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Um, and even the Charleston River Dogs uh, on Twitter, they were like, we're not sure who is batting, but we're relatively sure it's not Tim Tebow. <laughs> like, it's just so bad. And the, I don't know. And I think in that game, Tim Tebow, probably because of all this banter that's going on around him, he ended up like, when he took a big swing for a ball, he ended up throwing his bat into the stands, like way into the stands. That doesn't happen all that often. you got to be pretty careful about that stuff because you could hurt people. Obviously, he didn't do it on purpose, but they handed it over to to the 
administrative people there at the stadium. And Charleston River Dogs on Twitter, big thanks to the fan that donated this to us. We needed some firewood, and it's got Tim Tebow's name on it. Uh, Brad on Facebook says, I liked it when those when they launch a bat into the second tier. <laughs> that The bat did fly. It was crazy how far that thing went. You'll have to go look up video on that if you haven't seen it yet, guys. But, yeah, basically, the, the fans responded just as I would hope they would. For example, people responding to their tweet, their tweets on Twitter saying, making fun of someone's religion is not cool, hashtag no class. Totally classless, but I understand you have to capitalize on someone else when you have nothing good to say about yourself. Um, what else? I guess classless things like mocking someone's religion is something that gets uh, minor league baseball teams publicity nowadays, huh? So a lot of things like that. And Oh, this is one of my favorite tweets from JM Harrison 11 on Twitter. It would be nice if your organization had the class of Tebow. Evidently, it doesn't. Like, basically, just talking about how how little class they have. Like, if I was a fan of the Charleston River Dogs, I would have probably been upset about that too. And they probably got a ton of complaints. And then, you know, because they did get a ton of complaints, um, there was another thing that came out. Uh, Charleston River Dogs GM issues apology for t- teams Tim Tebow jabs. Um, it says, while we believe that our promotions were poking fun at Mr. Tebow's celebrity status rather than his religion or baseball baseball career, our intent was not to offend anyone, and for the fact that we did offend, we are sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just so bad. Like, I just laugh because if I was the director of that marketing team, I'd have been like, yeah, don't do that. You're going to hurt our reputation big time. Um <laughs> I, I can't help but laugh at it, but I feel bad for Tim Tebow to have to go through that crap. But um, but there have been worse things that players have had to go through, and that, I think that's a pretty good transition here. Uh, kind of very stark differences of things I'm going to talk about here. Uh, but one, you know, I'm, I was kind of lacking in storylines for MLB and NFL, so I was going through their websites and looking for some good headlines to talk about, give my input on. Um, and... I found this article on MLB.com of, and the title says MLB and MLB Players Association donate $1 million to NLB Museum. And I'm like, I've never heard of that. What is the NLB Museum? So I clicked on it and I'm going to quote some of these things from this article. Um, I'll probably leave this link in the comments or not, maybe not the comments. That'd be kind of hard to do. Um, Maybe I'll leave it in the, in the podcast descriptions. So Basically, Major League Baseball Commissioner Robert Manfred, uh, and I'm quoting, said he is fascinated with the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. So initially, like at that point, I'm like, oh, okay, so this is like a historical thing that they're commemorating of some kind. Um, but uh, let's see, he's fascinated with the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum as well as the culture of hotels and restaurants that once flourished around Negro League stadiums, such as those in the famous 18th and Vine District here. And that they're talking about Kansas City. They did this big this big ceremony, handing off this big $1 million check over to this museum before the Royals-Red Sox game. Um, and it's just kind of interesting to read quotes from past players and people that surround this project. Um, and I did a little bit of research about it myself because I was uh, super curious about you know what it was. I, I had no idea. Um, but they're saying that uh, 
For years, MLB players like Derek Jeter, Adam Jones, Mookie Betts have visited the NLBM to soak in its great history and pay homage to the game's roots. And kind of takes me back to think about the Jackie Robinson thing we talked about in one of the previous podcasts, how he kind of he broke the color line in baseball and it, it opened the door for uh, people of color to join the game. And uh, it, it was such, just such a great time for sports uh, in terms of progression. And I'm just going through this article because there's a lot of great quotes I want to read and just kind of let you guys know about. But, um, and this is uh, Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB, says, I'm really excited about the partnership between baseball, the Major League Baseball Players Association, and the Negro League Museum. I realize that whenever you try to rebuild something like rebuild African-American participation in our game, you need a great foundation. That's always a starting point, and it occurred to me that the foundation of our effort with respect to African-American players had to be an effort to make young African-American players understand the Negro Leagues, understand the significance of the Negro Leagues to African-American history and to American history. Um, and then just a few more quotes here really quick. Um, I w and this is, uh, who is this? Where is his name? I need his full name. Last name of Clark. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Where is it? Somebody give me the name. Sorry, I'm like, I can't find it right now. Okay, well, his last name's Clark. I know that much. He said, I would not have had the opportunities that I had as a player had it not been for those that came before me. You know, in other words, people like Jackie Robinson who paved the path for uh, African-American players in the MLB. He also goes on to say, I would not have had the opportunity to be in the position I'm in now if it had not been for those that came before me. As we talk about growing and developing the game and engaging the next generation of fans and kids, the Negro League Museum being a part of that story, baseball history being a bigger part of that story, the level of engagement for the next generation was vital. And, you know, I find it very cool that the MLB and the Players Association um, gave this $1 million to this, this organization to bring awareness to the game in a historical way. Um, you know, it's something that I feel like a lot of people know about sports is that it's sports are known for being, you know, over the course of history, gen, you know, gradually going forward in history, they've become more and more accepting and including of other people. Um, and and sports have become a place for diversity. And giving the Negro Leagues this, this recognition and this money can help them uh, continue to tell that story to the upcoming generations. Um, and this all kind of goes back to the, the idea of sportsmanship, you know? Like, the fans were not being sportsmanlike to Tim Tebow in that game, and you know, that's hard for him to go through that. But imagine the stuff that uh, African-American players had to go through when they were trying to come into the MLB. Um, I found this article on Wikipedia. Wikipedia is saving the day all the time. Um, and I want to read some stuff from here, just some like basic historical stuff. Um, Basically, the Negro Leagues were predominantly made up of African-American players um, and, to a lesser extent, Latin Americans. Uh, it was basically, you know, because they weren't, they weren't being included in the, the main major leagues like the MLB, um, in 1885, the Cuban Giants formed the first black professional baseball team. And uh, the first game that they had, oh, when did that happen? But it, it failed after a couple years because of low attendance. Um, and it turned into like an entertainment thing. It wasn't like a, an actual competitive league. It was kind of ridiculous how that happened. But um, let's see. The first known baseball game between two black teams was held on November 15, 1859 in New York City. The Henson Baseball Club of Jamaica, Queens, defeated the Unknowns of Weeksville, Brooklyn. 
54 to 43. Holy cow, what kind of baseball were they playing back then? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but then I like did a quick control F to look for Jackie Robinson and where he fits into this picture because I know he was an integral part of African Americans playing in the major leagues. Um, and I came down to this story where like they had a, a few players who they were picking for candidates to come into the major leagues and who those you know who was going to be the first African American player to come in. And there were three candidates. There was Roy Campanella, Don Newcomb, and Jackie Robinson. And this paragraph, I didn't know. This kind of blew my mind. This is on August 28, 1945. Jackie Robinson met with Ricky in Bro Brooklyn. Ricky is a, where is his name again? Branch Ricky. Members, the white majors created the Major League Committee on Baseball Integration. So this is like a committee that was dedicated to including the, the Negro Leagues into the MLB. And this is probably where they formed the main MLB League we have today. Um, but he met with this Ricky guy in Brooklyn, this Jackie Robinson meeting with him, where Ricky gave Robinson a test. And this is, when I read this, I was like, this has got to be against some HR rule. <laughs> you know, things, times were different back then. But um, it says, Ricky gave Robinson a test by berating him and shouting racial epithets that Robinson would hear from day one in, in the white game. Having passed the test... Robinson signed the contract, which stipulated that from then on, Robinson had no written or moral obligations to any other club. By the inclusion of this clause, precedent was set that that would raise the Negro Leagues as a functional commercial enterprise. It's just so crazy how they went about business with that type of matter, you know? It's like, let's expose you to these really hateful things just so that you can know what it's going to be like. I feel like that's a, that's bad, bad way to do things. It should be just a way of... Talk talk to them like a normal human being. You don't yell bad names at them. Uh, things that are downgrading and, and rude. That, that's just messed up. But anyways, there's been a lot of themes of sports sportsmanship uh, in this entire podcast so far. There's the Tim Tebow thing where the fans are being just complete jerks. And then, you know, Jackie Robinson, that whole story, it's like sportsmanship never was a thing when it came to African Americans being included in the MLB, it was like, I mean, I mean, it was. There were people. It's not like everybody was racist, but it's the lack of respect that they had for African Americans just blew my mind. But it, it does have a touch on some of the things that have to do with sportsmanship, like um, integrity, respect, um, and just general human acceptance and inclusion. And so, on that note. We're going to jump right into the weekly question. I know that was kind of a deep topic. I don't really cover those that often because I, I want to make sure I get my words right. But I did a little bit of research and I thought it was it made sense to do that here. Um, but speaking of sportsmanship and how you should treat other people, um, let's talk about the weekly question. And that was talk about sportsmanship and why it's important an important quality to have in life and in sports. You know, I, obviously sports are included. Um, <clears throat> And Brad says on Facebook, last night I can't remember who it was, but he hit three home runs in one game. There's been a lot of home runs lately. I mean, from players, multiple players. What's going on, AJ? How you doing, man? Um, welcome to the podcast. We're just getting into the weekly question here. Um, so let's talk about sportsmanship and why it's important to have that quality in life and in sports. And the first person that got back to me about this was Clay. He's my good buddy from college. He put a comment up on the YouTube uh, podcast and he said 
and, and you know I'm gonna read this and then I'll I'll break it down and and I'll give you my thoughts on it but clay commented on YouTube with his thoughts on sportsmanship he said sportsmanship in sports obviously is a must for the team to work as one everyone has their own specialties like Kyle Korver with his three-point ability or Shaq in his defense in reality everyone has something that they are good at or specialize in such as car maintenance medical professionals etc sportsmanship in the medical field for example every doctor shares the same oath to make or keep the, the patient healthy everyone has a basic level of knowledge but some people know more than others in their respective area a brain surgeon and a foot specialist are definitely two very different things and the big word I'm gonna put out here is integrity and I think that has a lot to do with sportsmanship because integrity basically is like doing the right thing when no one's looking and it's like when no one's looking you're probably like I just imagine like say you go against this one team for a championship in a basketball game or a football game or a baseball game and you know you run into them after the game or before the game or you know some other time in your life I imagine that the right thing you would do is you would talk about that game and you would just have respect for one another and be like hey man good luck I wish you the best of luck um, maybe throwing you can throw in some kind jabs like but we're gonna beat you you know <laughs> but you know obviously sarcasm is a helper there but integrity is a very important thing to have in sportsmanship and so going back to Clay's quote um, about uh, how he thinks sportsmanship is important I think with like uh, Kyle people who are specialists you know the whole team has a respect for what they do like their specialty um, hey Jen how's it going welcome to the podcast um, and there's a certain level of trust that happens there too with your team within your teammates where you're like okay he's good at this thing I'm gonna trust he's gonna do that thing whether I tell him to or not and so there's a level of integrity there and then it comes to respect you have to respect what people are doing what you know what their specialty is you have to be like okay you need to get your touches um, this is your job I'm not gonna try to step on your toes or anything like that um, and so I think clay is touching on some very important points here in sportsmanship but I think sportsmanship takes the form of a, a different thing and I'll get into that in just a second but um, uh, sportsmanship like a lot of the things that clay is talking about here has a lot to do with like teamwork and leadership and discipline and development like a lot of the other intangibles sportsmanship I see that as more of a um, opposing teams thing where like um, for example I I love seeing opposing teams like help each other up off the ground when they fall down or somebody potentially gets injured like there's a really hard collision they go over and they make sure they're gonna be okay they like put their hand on their backs and like dude you good you know I love seeing that stuff like that happened in the NBA Finals I saw a bunch of guys you know like Kyrie Irving fell over and I think Steph Curry like stopped to help him up because he has a lot of respect for that guy and it also comes to this whole point of in order for the Warriors to beat the Cavs at the Cavs highest ability the Cavs need to have all their players in the game um, hey Clay what's going on man I just thought I was just talking about your comment on YouTube and I'm uh, sort of following up on it a little bit um, but you know when somebody gets knocked over it's like I want you to be playing in this game I don't want you sitting here being injured because I want to compete against the best of the best and there's a big level of respect there and there's uh, a lot of symbolism in there that is very powerful um, it's like yeah we are competing against each other but we still have each other's back because we have empathy for what, what one another is going through and 
I want to be able to beat the best. So get in here, man. That's like that's like the ultimate respect move. I have a when I see that stuff on TV, I get the chills. I'm like, woo, that's so cool. Like sometimes humans can be cool, you know. <laughs> um, and Keltron is coming in the door. Look out. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but there's there are literally rules and awards based on sportsmanship there there seriously are like sorry sorry for the fart sound that's me being like I don't know how to grab this link and put it into the internet <laughs> um, but there's a thing in the NBA called the NBA sportsmanship award and this is one of those awards that will be given out uh, in the awards show on Monday yeah, Monday, the NBA Sportsmanship Award. It's an annual National National Basketball Association award given to a player who most exemplifies the ideals of sportsmanship on the court with ethical behavior, fair play, and integrity. And that's kind of where I pulled that word from. Um, and I'm going to click on sportsmanship on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, okay. Sportsmanship is an aspiration or ethos that a sport or activity will be enjoyed or for its own sake with proper consideration for fairness, ethics, respect, and a sense of fellowship with one's competitors. So, so Clay, you did you touched on a lot of important things in your thing where you're talking about uh, respect within a team and there's like, you know, things like teamwork and and whatnot. There was a lot of that in your quote on the YouTube comment you left. But as far as um, what the general agreed upon definition of what sportsmanship is it has to do with opposing teams and so I think all those things make sense like when you see a player go down like with a what could be a very serious injury in the NFL for example you know faithful players will get down on their knee and like from both teams and they'll get in one big huddle and they'll say a prayer that type of stuff like coming together that's what sports is all about sure you're competing for a championship but when somebody's hurt you're humans at the end of the day. You don't want somebody to be hurt. You don't want one of your competitors to be hurt. You want to compete against them and have fun doing so. So, yeah, sportsmanship is one of my favorite things in sports, I have to say, because it is one of the good-hearted things that everybody should have, respect for others, and it doesn't just go for sports. Um, but I want to talk about, oh, another quick thing, talking about sportsmanship being built into games um, unsportsmanlike conduct is a penalty in the NFL. I'm sure if you're an NFL fan, you know that. But if you you don't know about this, unsportsmanlike conduct happens when you're the other team, and that's there for a reason. And Keltron appearance. <laughs> uh, all the highs are going to come in in about 15 seconds. So, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so the rules of sportsmanship are built into the game. And most of them are understood, but the fact the NFL has one when things get out of hand, I think that's good to have, especially with a bunch of big dudes going at it uh, in a competitive match. But um, I think it's good that there's it's a known thing, especially. But I want to talk about my experience with sportsmanship. I know this is like, this sounds so cheesy and dumb, but like sportsmanship doesn't just stay on a basketball court. It's not something that you just learned from your third grade basketball coach. Um, but the way I remember it is from youth sports where like after every single game I played growing up and in high school and even after that in community sports, it's like a traditional respectful thing to give a cheer for the other team 
you basically get in a circle and you're like, go Chargers or whatever the other team's name is. Uh, and then you form a single file line and you go and you give high fives while saying variations of good game or nice shot or you're awesome. You know, things like that. <laughs> Usually it's just good game. A lot, a lot of good game, good game, good game. Very repetitive. But it teaches the youth a very important skill. And uh, it's not even a skill. It's an important quality to have as a human being to just be able to shake hands with your opponent, whether they beat you or you beat them, and be like, hey, man, good game. You did good out there. Good job. Positive, encouraging things. So, I don't know. And taking that into the, into the like, you know, off the court, off the field, sportsmanship is everywhere. Like, I saw it recently. I, I went to an award show, or not award show, but um, an award ceremony for um, creatives in my, in my area. So, basically, people like me and my company, we submitted our projects to these awards um, for like, you know, best website for B2B companies or whatever it is. Um, and it's basically a way of getting a lot of the creative firms and agencies around in this area together in one big space so you can all talk about the things you guys do. Um, and I think there's a lot of sportsmanship there because when you step into that space, you know you're going to a place where um, you're going to be seeing your competitors. You know, people, for example, when you type in like web design Idaho Falls, you know, you want to come up as number one, but you'll see like number two and three on your Google search results. And, you know, it's like these are the people that you're going into this room with. So you have to be respectful. You don't want to be pompous. You don't want to be um, cocky and rude because these are people that um, could very well tarnish your name if you say anything bad about them or you treat them poorly. And they can easily pass it on to the to potential customers and be like, you know what, I saw them at this award thing and they were rude and I I wouldn't recommend working with them. And just little things like that go a long way. And so me and uh, a actually AJ, we uh, I think he's in here still, I don't know. But either way, we went to this event, Keltram was there, uh, and we had food. We we tried to converse with some people there. It was kind of hard though, because they it was very <laughs> a very clicky environment like people stuck to themselves and we should have been more more go-getters about it but the fact that you're there and like congratulating people on winning these awards that you put in for I think it says a lot and it's a good step into the right direction that we were able to do that so sportsmanship is important you should probably practice it find a way to tell your competitors thank you and good game and and maybe avoid slapping them on the butt they might take it the wrong way um, but let's get into what might be for next week's question uh, or our discussion, I guess. It's not really a question. If you feel like like Clay sending in your answer, dude, I appreciate that, man. Uh, that kind of engagement is awesome. If we had a ton of people doing that, this section of the podcast could become its own thing, like totally different thing. So everybody, feel free to send us your response to these questions or your thoughts about them and how they relate to you because I'm always interested in hearing your stories. But uh, next week's question is going to be on the topic of leadership. And you know, sportsmanship is probably my favorite intangible that we have, but leadership is probably one of the most important, one of those things that can make you successful off the court in a very big way. Um, so I want you guys to maybe think about um, why leadership is important. I know it's, it's so obvious. Leadership is important, but where do you see it in sports? Who is a good example of a leader in sports? And maybe talk about how leadership translates to off the court and off the field activities. Um, leadership is kind of like the granddaddy of all the intangibles. This is the big one. 
But, you know, not, that's not to say this is the last one we'll be talking about. Uh, I mean, I'll go through them real quick. We still have teamwork, focus, confidence, and that's it after this. So there's four more, including next week's podcast. Clay says, I'm, I'm, glad, to, I'm glad you appreciate my comment. I am glad I made it in. Dude, I'm glad, too. You came in for, the I think, the most important part of the podcast where we discuss things that are human and, and real, things that aren't just sports things. Um, Clay says, hi, Kelly. Hi. Kelly says, hi, Clay. <laughs> um, but, guys, I, I think today's podcast went really well compared to last week, and we even kept it under an hour. Um, super, super stoked about that. Uh, Clay, just so you know, by the way, we got T-shirts ordered. They are on the way. Um, unfortunately, they're not going to get here till like mid-July. <laughs> and that's because I ordered them through a company in Salt Lake called Auto Wear Designs. And this is, this could turn into a partnership. I kind of hope it does. But uh, AJ from Dapper Sports, that's his uncle's t-shirt shop. Um, and so I'm like, you know what? Maybe it could turn into a partnership and we can put a promo out to get him business. And, and we can also maybe get some promo codes for shirts for you guys. So... Um, Something to look forward to, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, July 14th, I'll be getting some shirts. I'm going to be sending out some to people that could be a good marketing situation. Um, but also to Micah, who was the first winner of the giveaway a couple weeks back. But that's all I've got for you guys. Um, I'm super ha happy to have you guys in the podcast. When you come in, I'm able to talk to you and have a little conversation. But you guys really drive me to dig deep and pull my best stuff out. So I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks for coming through. And thanks, Clay, again, for leaving the comment. Um, Clay says, hopefully I won't get fat by then. <laughs> referring <laughs> referring to the T-shirts. Well, don't worry, man. I got you covered. Uh, <laughs> we can get another shirt. Come on. Got up to 4XL. <laughs> but uh, in case you weren't aware, you can find this podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, which is another third-party outlet, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, I know Clay uses YouTube a ton. Uh, so if you go on there, you can have a conversation with him in the comments. Uh, but feel free to drop a comment wherever you're listening. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us some feedback. Let us let us know if you have ways that you think we can improve this podcast. Or if you're interested in getting involved, if you feel like you can cover baseball really well, because I'm not the best at that, feel free to get in touch with me, and uh, maybe we can figure something out there. Um, but be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Abstract Sports. Handle is the same on all of those. Um, oh, and that reminds me. Thanks again to the guy on Twitter who handed over the, the Twitter handle. I'll be sending him a t-shirt for his generosity. Such a cool dude. Like, He lives in D.C., but I'm like, man, I need to meet this guy. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Just say thanks and shake his hand. Maybe buy him a beer. Um, but anyways, that's all I've got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I'm Kyle Richards, and you just listened to the Abstract Sports Podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday.